Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. It is Thursday. This is coming out a day late because I was doing something special this week. I was pretty torn. Did I say I'm Kate Kennedy? I don't know. You, you, if you're here at this point, I'm sure you know who I am. I am your host. I love you dearly. Thank you for being here. Um, I, you know, this has been an interesting time for everybody. And it's having a podcast has been interesting because, you know, it's it's a, it's wild to like be doing a lot of talking when I don't feel like I'm like out experiencing life. Uh, even though my podcast is largely rooted in the things that I just like scroll into the deep at night. It's not like, what am I talking to you about? Like the great outdoors? No. But all of a sudden I'm like stunted because I can't, you know, go outside and by outside I mean to home goods. Um, but <laughs> alas, here we are. I have another episode that I don't, I'll, if anything I'll put out next week, I might, I might just put it out whenever without an advertiser behind it. Cause I, I recorded an episode that was like about a more intense topic about like signs from lost loved ones. It's heavier. Um, it was kind of heavy for me to record and it was just kind of like an interesting, I don't know. I wasn't this morning. I didn't feel right about it. And I, I wanted, didn't have time to listen back to it. And I just was like, I need more time with this episode. Um, and who knows? I might love it tomorrow. That's the problem with being like a moody podcaster is it's some I, some days I am just so appalled by the sound of my own voice. I can't possibly put you through it. And it really distracts me. This is why people have outside editors and like producers. And uh, but I refuse because I am controlling. But anyway, uh, I actually I thought like depending on how long we're doing this for, I wanted to have kind of a series where I phone a friend. And by that, I mean, a friend of the podcast, somebody I know you guys love. And not say who it is and just surprise you with a breezy, fun conversation where we catch up with somebody we know and love dearly. And today I got to catch up with somebody who I know you guys are obsessed with that I love as well and see how they were doing during the quarantine. And uh, yeah, just kind of do something unexpected. I usually tell you guys what's coming, but uh, I've been feeling like I need a little spontaneity in my life and I might drop the heavier episode over the weekend. I don't know. And also sometimes I feel weird about like sticking ads in those types. You know what I mean? It's just a whole thing. I have, a, I, have, I have a whole host of issues I don't need to drag you through. But anyway, I am so excited about this episode. I hope you enjoy it. There's not a ton new with me over here. I am probably in the same mental state I was when I dropped that, you know, hour long episode about dipping sauces in that when I'm feeling a little lost, I have to, sometimes I have to keep it a bit surface because I um. I'm I'm feeling a bit stuck in a pattern right now. I'm feeling a bit like uh, a little crazed, like I need a yard. I, I wish I had space. I wish I could go somewhere. Um, and, you know, I think we all have our moments. But I think for me, I have to catch myself in my moments because I don't want to put that energy onto you. Uh, but this conversation snapped me right out of it. And I feel lucky for that. Um, the only thing that's new, I mean, beyond like, this fun combo was like, I guess I'm a star now. And I've completely changed. I have gone viral on TikTok. By viral, I mean, not really. I got, you know, my most viral video is about uh, one one hundredth of the likes Charlie D'Amelio gets on a video of her eating or something. But uh, my business story has done well on TikTok. And it's actually really fun and nice. And it's a different platform. And I've loved seeing people comment on it. And it means a lot to me that anybody would ever be interested or inspired by it. Because it's actually is very important to me during this time to share that message. And before we get to the episode, I will just reiterate this because I, 
I just think there's so many of you out there that are so interesting and dynamic and talented. And while there's no pressure whatsoever to do anything with this time, if you have the time and if we're stuck for a while inside, which please, for the love of God, if you're not inside now, I cannot help you stay home. Um, you know, there are small ways and small efforts and small things you can do that aren't like big projects or undertakings that might be like a really great use of your time because I fear that when people don't try new things, they are robbing the world of their gifts. And at the very least, don't try new things for yourself. Do it for us, the rest of us in the world that might be hugely benefiting from the fruits of your labor. And I just think there's so many talents out there that lie dormant because they never tapped into a resource that would let them shine. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I honestly really mean that. And I am tormented. I lie awake at night sometimes by like two things. I think about what if I hadn't gone into that country western bar that one night that Greg was a stranger in a crowd and I ran into a person that's now my husband who was a total stranger and we had nothing and nobody in common. And what if I hadn't spent two hours that one day painting that doormat that changed the entire trajectory of my life? And I don't want to put pressure on people, but anybody who's feeling restless or wanting to do something different, uh, it is just it's never a waste of time to try something new. So that's my one message. Um, whenever I'm bowling, I think about this. I'm like, because like, you, you know how you go bowling and like one or two people are like low key good at bowling, but like it doesn't matter. Like that's their glory. Like my husband's a very good bowler. He's kind of good at like hand eye coordination, like agility based things. Like there's this thing with my husband where if anything is dropping that's within like 20 feet of him, he like creepily catches it. It's really weird. He has like a sixth sense where he almost can sense something dropping and he'll catch it. And it's like this thing. Um, so he that's like his skill. And I'm when we're bowling, I'm like, this is your shining moment. Go for it. I need gutters. You know, like I'm not ashamed. You probably would need gutters if you were podcasting or writing a poem. But I need gutters bowling. Um, but whenever I'm bowling, I, I've had this existential thought process ever since I was like a kid and was going to, you know, blacklight, uh, like midnight bowling. That was really like after 7 p.m. They just turned off the lights and turned on the bodily fluid lights. And um, thinking like, wow, this random kid's really good at bowling. Like, how would he ever know that unless he was at this bowling birthday party? Like, how would you ever know that you're like a really great something unless you tried it and then I then I'll start to think of all the things that I wonder if I would be really good at like Olympic level but I've just never tried it like what if Michael Phelps had played baseball instead of swimming like you know not all sports are created equal like his body is like shaped like the exact right way to be an ideal swimmer um you know it's like a person that's really good at soccer wouldn't necessarily be good at volleyball because they might not have the vertical and they they you know, just running distance is different from like short court sprints. And um, I just always think about like what what in life is out there that I am actually made for that I, I wouldn't even know or be able to plan for unless I put myself in that situation against all odds and against my, you know, ideal situation, which is to be comfortable and to not embarrass myself. But anyways, you get the picture. Okay, I'm going to toss it off to our sponsor. Then we'll get to our secret guest, which I didn't when I was talking through this intro, I didn't realize I'm like, doing the biggest <laughs> like tease and you're just like get yeah, to the point nor but other normally I'd just talk and it would just be me but leading up to something I'm sure this is a little frustrating so I'm gonna toss it off I love you so much thank you for being here um and I will catch you on the back end bye as I was talking about our sponsor this week is Skillshare which I've wanted to work with given they're so relevant to this time and as I talked about earlier you know it's um uh, 
I, I just don't even know what would have happened with my life or where I would be if that one day I didn't decide to like do something artistic and paint a doormat. And similarly, I want everybody to realize and live out not their current reality, but their full potential. And Skillshare is an incredible tool where you can take thousands and thousands of classes on a variety of topics at your own pace and experience real growth and just learn the basics of anything that you've ever wanted to pursue and just see if you want to go from there. And what's kind of, it's like, there's no categorical commitment. So if you're like, I want to try to watercolor, you do an intro class, you're bad at it, or you don't like it. It's not right. Move on to the next artistic medium. You're not pigeonholed into any one skill set and you can try a variety of things. And I just think it's a great safe way to not put down too much money and, you know, not have to invest too much time, but still be able to dabble in different things that are things you might actually be really, really talented at and not even know it. I love Skillshare because I think that it's these are just classes you can do at a really low price point to learn a new skill or to try a new thing that can open up doors that you just will never even see coming. And I'm not a genius and I'm not better at anything than you. I'm, I don't have a skill set you don't have. The only thing standing in between you and every person who's ever created something that you respect or use or think is amazing is that they started, you know, like that's the thing people overlook is starting and Skillshare is a place to start. And um, this is not a script, obviously. (laughs) I'm just speaking from the heart here. And Skillshare, especially for a lot of the things that took me weeks and months to learn, they have classes about um, like video editing with Adobe Premiere, of audio editing with Adobe Audition. My God, learning Audition took me forever. Learning GarageBand took me forever. Even the baseline, like the most important thing I ever did at the beginning was learning uh, Photoshop and Illustrator because then I didn't have to outsource any graphic design projects. Um, They have classes about monetizing Instagram, how to be uh, an artist and make a living, like money habits uh, and earning for creatives, how to build a YouTube channel. I mean, there's so many things adjacent to what I do. But beyond that, you can learn how to make like fresh pasta or arrange flowers or watercolor, do calligraphy, uh, code HTML. I mean, like the interior design style, how to restyle your home. Like there's literally a course about everything. And even if it's something as simple as you know, a new hobby, you want to try to like make somebody a gift or just even restyling your home decor style. So if you want to try Skillshare to explore new skills, to deepen your existing passions or just get lost in creativity, that's Tugboat expressing himself one second. Join the online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. There are thousands of classes for creative and curious people. And the best part of all, it's incredibly affordable. Even when you compare it to pricey in-person classes and workshops, the annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Anyway, if you want to explore your creativity, get two months free of premium membership at skillshare.com slash be there in five. Just how the show is spelled F-I-V-E, not the number. That is two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. And get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com slash be there in five. Two free months, unlimited access, thousands of classes, Skillshare.com slash be there in five. Hi, everybody. This is a surprise episode for people because I feel like everyone's a bit blue that I'm just going to drop tonight. Um, we have a uh, comedian, actress, social media star, queen icon, legend, Heather McMahon on the line live from quarantine. Hello. How are you? Wow. Kate, I mean, that is like a setup. OK, I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> You know, Danny Pellegrino, he always says queen icon legend. It just rolls yeah. out. It's it's like the best way to describe like, and uh, my audience just loves you. You came on my podcast in August. 
Which is so crazy. Doesn't it feel like it was six years ago? Yes. Yeah. Like, no, I, everything seems like a blur. Like 2019 feels like it was in 1987 because this year has been such a clusterfuck that I feel like everyone's just like, where, where are we in time and space? Do you know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. And and you're a genius because if I had the foresight you had, I would have hustled down to my parents' place in North Carolina. I'm stuck in a high rise you know, this, you're, I'm so glad you're not in the city and you're living your best life in the burbs. Yeah. We kind of made that game time decision. Um, (laughs) my birthday was March 15th and it was like March 13th that they started talking about how things were about to get a little crazy in New York. And I literally had the birthday from hell. I looked at Jeff, he was crying. I was crying because he's, you know, men don't understand how to like handle situations like this. I think women are just like game time decision makers. And I was like, let's fucking go bug out bag. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally like pack shit got on the road and then we you know we got down to Atlanta I'm just glad that I can go outside put my feet on some solid ground and like get some sunshine if I was stuck in an apartment with Jeff in New York there would have been a murder I would have killed him Plain no it's it is trying I'm like I, I well like and I work from home like so he's my husband's all up in my grill it's like my office right. is my home and it's like yeah it's I don't know. It, it, I am feeling so like, and you walk by neighbors and like everyone's giving each other side eye. The runners are like their hot, moist breath. They think if you yeah. run, the, the space doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. so and frustrated. I saw, I saw something on Reddit that said just speaking, you could get it just from like the speech within like 30 feet. First of all, side note, nobody has a single fucking clue what is happening. No, no. the CBC doesn't know. Dr. Fauci, like shout out to everybody on the front lines working hard. But truly, like all my friends, I have a bunch of ER um, nurse friends and and doctors here in Atlanta. And they're all like, Heather, we have no idea. Like They're like real talk. Nobody knows. We're just showing up, doing our thing, doing our best. And praying for the most, you know? Oh, for sure. And I was dying. I was listening to you and Ashley's podcast. And two nights ago, I said on Instagram, I was like, okay, conspiracy theorists, like, I just need to tell you one thing. If you're, if you're America's great patriots, do you really think it's a great idea that a Navy SEAL's wife is like DMing you Intel? Because like all of the sources are like, well, I know somebody whose husband's in the CIA. I'm like, they shouldn't be talking about that. If so, but somebody sent me that three-hour YouTube that your mom made Jeff watch, and I fell asleep to it. Woke up in the dead of the night to a British woman being like, sacrificing babies. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? You know, it's funny. I think there's a specific demographic. It's just, it's, it's you know, the baby boomers. Like that age, my mom's 72. She's on the older end. And, and you know, all of her girlfriends like, I mean, I know this happens, but. You know, Deborah sent me this video about conspiracy theories. I'm going to watch it. You know, that kind of shit where you're just like, guys, you know, the plague happened. What the Spanish flu happened 100 years ago. We've had things. It's kind of like a cyclical thing. Like things will happen. I am a little bit of a conspiracy theorist in the sense that I do think man has a man stirs the pot a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, for sure. Let's see who's got that vaccine money. You know what I'm saying? But um, <laughs> but it's really been eye-opening to be at home with my mom. And it's just like, mom, just stay home. Just wash your fucking hands. Don't go to Trader Joe's. There's no need. Just chill out. She's right behind you. She's right behind me. Mom, I'm recording a podcast. He's right there. Go. Jesus Christ, help us and save us. Jesus is the reason for this season. When you were saying she came downstairs, she was like, the children are being released. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm yeah, the Robin thing is, came it's out. a nice thought, but I just right. don't know if an underground operation is really happening right now. It's kind of hilarious. There, there's just a lot. 
I mean, all of 2020 has been a shit show. Australia was on fire. There was earthquakes. We got locusts in Africa. We've got a plague all over the world. All I'm saying is, if you haven't been to church in a while, it might be time to stop by, you know? How was Passover? We messed up Passover. So technically we're Jewish because on my mom's side, my great grandmother's Jewish. So, but my mom was raised Catholic because she was, her dad was Irish and her mom was Italian, da, da, da. Long story short. So, but we're technically Jewish by, you know, nationality. So my mom was like, let's do Passover this year. We messed it up. We didn't wait till the sun went down. My mom put croutons in a salad. We're not supposed to have a salad, but we added a salad. But then, you know, that's like yeast from the unleavened bread. It was a whole shit show. We tried. And I think God will look down and say, you put in the effort. You know? Oh, for sure. And it's like blending the best of both worlds. Like a little leaven, a little unleavened. A little bit of this. We drank a bunch of Whispering Angel. I said a prayer. You know, God, hopefully he knows my heart's in the right place. What are you doing for the holidays? Are you an Easter gal or a Passover gal? Uh, Theoretically, Easter. Though I'd argue the magic of Easter is lost in adulthood, sans children. I'm really, I'm like, what am I supposed to do on Easter? Right. (laughs) I can't go to church. The bunny's not coming. Can't do a hunt. Pretty sure we'll just sit here and like, I don't even know, watch Netflix. But I, uh... I, don't, I was inspired because you were singing church songs, which in my day too, I sang a little, our God is an awesome God. And I was curious if you did the, the hand motions, did oh, you do the so, sign language? <laughs> so many people reached out to me about that. Yeah. It's like, our God is an awesome God. God. Yes. We all did that. Um, so many people messaged me like, Heather, I went to church camp. I went to private school. Like, oh my God, it's all coming back to me now. I just, you know, I felt moved by the spirit yesterday, whether you're Jewish, Catholic, whatever you, whatever you are celebrating, I just feel like it's a good time to let the spirit run through you. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And it's funny how those things come back to you. Like you can't remember anything, but I'm like, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, like it just like he pops in your head and you're like, that's how they brainwash the children. (laughs) Exactly. The children that are currently in the tunnels, which we're trying to get them out. Ding, ding, ding. So how are things in Chicago? How are you guys holding up? What's the vibe with the neighbors? Like, give me the the nitty gritty. So I don't know about you and your building in New York, but like, I live in like a high rise. I've never met my neighbors. I, we don't talk. I don't know them. Um, And I'm wondering if it's time to like establish some sort of camaraderie or if it's like a more everything for them, every man for themselves vibe. But like, yeah, I have an urban balcony. That's how I get outside and enjoy fresh air. I overlook a couple smokestacks. It's, 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 it's amazing. But I um I kind of am wishing I had like a friend situation going on because I feel like it's pretty customary in big cities. You don't talk to your neighbors. Right. But in the yeah, suburbs, it's unheard of. Right. Well, the crazy thing is we have only one set of neighbors that live on our first floor in our building. And I actually gave my neighbor my keys to my apartment because when we left, I said, listen, drink my wine. She's got two kids. We became friends because she had a tiny baby French bulldog. So of course I like hunted her down one day, which shout out to Emily. She hears this. Um, she's the loveliest lady. And so I said, listen, here are my keys, get my packages, eat the food in my fridge. And just like, if you need to seek solace from your children, you can come up to my apartment. So she texts me, you know, uh, a couple times a week and is like, I'm drinking wine at your kitchen table. Just in the quiet. I was like, live your truth. But other than that, like, that's very odd for especially New Yorkers to know your neighbors. Yes. You know? No, that's such a blessing for you and her. Cause I, what I wouldn't give for a space 
right (laughs) no one else could enter I mean it's it's cramped it's it's interesting but like everybody has their stuff because everyone's grass is greener people with kids are dying and then like I wish I was at my parents house in the like a bougie suburb but like you know you stay at your parents house too long you're an adult you go a little crazy too oh yeah well the crazy thing is I'm really gonna stir the pot right now Jeff and I have had this apartment and we always wanted to make a transition back to Atlanta. I never realized yeah. how much I loved living in Atlanta um, until I think you had to like move away to really appreciate it. So I've lived in New York, I've lived in LA and Jeff is a native New Yorker. And after this, or kind of during this, we both looked at each other and I was like, let's get out of New York. Like I love New York. New York will always be there, but it's kind of one of those things where just the ability to have land and have space, you just can't, you can't put a price on that, you know? And just being back mm. in Georgia is just awesome. And you can work anywhere. Right. Like, right. It, it kind of makes mom, mom, I am literally in the middle of recording someone's podcast. Speaking of living with your parents, mom, you left your glasses down here. You got a, 16 more pairs. Jesus, help us and save us. Apologize to Kate. I, Hi, Robin. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what's happening. Like I, I'm like, mom, I'm working. That's another thing that I've realized being back at home with your mother. She doesn't realize unless you literally like work at a bank, even though she's come to my shows where I've sold out in front of thousands of people. She, she goes on the road with me sometimes, unless I walk to a bank and I'm like working as a teller, my mom does not believe that my job is real. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. Nobody does for anything like remotely entertainment based or digital. It just seems like a fun hobby. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, mom, I'm in the basement recording podcasts. Can you go the fuck upstairs? And she's like, oh, I won't be in your way. But she just came down here looking for her damn glasses. <laughs> Meanwhile, she has an actual drawer filled with 65 different pairs of glasses. She thinks this is a hobby. I'm like, this is how I'm the only one in my family right now working. Cause you can, you know, we're, we get paid from podcasts. Right. I'm like, I'm the only one who's got an income. So everybody better stay the fuck in the kitchen. No, I, well, Robin, I feel like is such a character now, like within your social media and like podcasts yeah. and stuff, because, well, she, she was living from your account for a while. Does she still she, do that? So she was, and it's a mixed bag of emotions. So my mom, of course, has to be in on the fun, but I, I guess she had my Instagram logged into her iPad, so I couldn't <laughs> see. So if I was on my own Instagram account, like doing stories, I couldn't see when my mom was live because it wouldn't show up on my end. So she was remotely going live while I'm just bebopping around during the day. I have no idea. Well, of course, everybody loves my mom. But a 72-year-old lady is unfiltered. You know what I mean? I Like at one point, right. she's talking about the conspiracy theories on my Instagram. And my mom has a heart of gold. But I was like, mom, I have built this brand. Can I just not like have it all burned to the ground because you want to talk about like, you know, who's got to, whether or not we should vaccinate our kids. Like this is going to destroy my life. You know what I mean? People are getting canceled now, mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've uh, no. we pumped the brakes on the Instagram live. <laughs> I actually thought they were thoroughly enjoyable. And what's funny is when I texted you about this podcast, I saw the last text I sent you and I forgot about this. One of my friends broke up with their boyfriend because they were on an Instagram live with your mom. And she said something like life is too short to something about being with a partner. <gasps> and my friend broke up with her boyfriend <gasps> because of Robin. <laughs> Was it like, is she better off now or was it a mistake? <laughs> um, no, she, no, her life's better. Like it was, I think it's like one of those things where somebody's not, like leaning a certain way and like one small thing kind of like tips right. you. But I was like, oh, that's so, that's awesome that Robin was clearly giving some good advice. Well, and, it, also uh, can, <laughs> it can also air on the other side. I don't know if you ever saw 
um, the Netflix documentary by Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru. Have you ever seen yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, remember when he like convinces that woman just to break up with like her husband right there in the middle of the <laughs> seminar and he's like, call Mark right now, break up with him. I remember watching this being like Tony Robbins is a monster. So I, while I will say Robin has lived many lives. She's like the cat that never dies. So she does have sage advice, but she is savage about it. She, I walked upstairs today. I'm not even kidding you. She looked at me. She goes, you need to go jogging and your face is a mess. I'm like, okay. So when you were saying like, it's, I know you're getting a little stir crazy being in Chicago, but if you were back down in North Carolina, you'd be dealing with what I'm dealing with. My mom has no sense that I'm recording a podcast. She's screaming about who left the back door open. I'm like, the dog just went out. You know what I mean? Every single thing she is up my ass. Love her, but it's, we're going nuts. And honestly, Jeff and I are thinking about giving up our apartment in New York and moving in with my mom here to eventually take over the house and then maybe get my mom a condo. And we're just like, I looked at him today. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know what it's I mean? It's like a like, great idea in theory. But then when yeah. you're, once you're in it, you're like, oh, there's a reason when you're an adult, you like flee the nest, fly right. the nest. Right. Exactly. Uh, so do you think you will like immediately like with New York, just like grab your stuff and come back? Well, I mean, I think we're in a little bit of a panic mode. So that's kind of the energy that we have going in, going into it. Sorry, my voice yeah. is going to crack a thousand times because I've totally <laughs> lost it. Um, but I don't know. But also if we're in lockdown, we don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown. So our lease is up at like the end of June. And Jeff's like, I don't know if mm. we're still going to be in our houses. Like, do we give up our lease? And then I just go up with a U-Haul? Like, how does this work? I mean, and you know, I think one of these moments and listen, Jeff is born and raised a New Yorker and we love living in the city, but I think in times like this, you just kind of realize it's nice to have a little bit of space, you know, yes. that whole, like living on top of people and being in the city. I, I am always on the road and Jeff can do kind of, you know, he's in real estate development. He's always on site. And it's like, we can, we're kind of in a position where we hustled for so long that we can kind of, um, have a little flexibility of where we want to yeah. go. So I'm like, if we make Atlanta home base and then I go back up to New York for stuff, you know, is it worth paying $4,000 a month for 800 square feet of an apartment? I don't know. Right. You know? No. Like I could have a house in the burbs of the pool somewhere else. And a country club membership. Oh, we have, we joined the country club. Jeff has been, he built a golf simulator in my mom's backyard. So don't worry, no matter what happens when we come out of quarantine, his, um, his swing will still be in top tip shape. <laughs> Yeah, I I love a country. I love sitting on a country club patio, eating a chicken Caesar salad with women twice my age and just talking yeah. shit. It's so yeah. much fun. I miss it. <laughs> when I moved back home with my mom after my dad passed, I would just live at the club. I like joined a bridge team. Um, all my friends were like 65 and older and I just thrived. They would talk so much shit. They were so wild. I was like, this is the kind of energy I need to be around all the time. Like screw my friends who oh, lived yeah in Buckhead, you know, or in Atlanta. I'm like, I need to be 20 minutes outside the city having a pimento cheese sandwich and a glass of Chardonnay. Oh, pimento cheese sandwich. I just two days ago had to cancel my Atlanta show. And I'm so yeah. bummed because I was, I had the Heather McMahon, like world tour list. I was like, historical fresco. Like I'm going because yeah. I haven't been to Atlanta since like a volleyball tournament in high school. And, uh, I'm so bummed. And like the crowd there is so good. Like that show sold well. And like the people are awesome. I was really excited. And now what of course, the dates, uh, city winery. Oh, amazing. Honestly, Atlanta is such a great crowd. I think people don't really, it's funny when I, when I, you know, when you're up North, like when you're from the South and you live up North, people are like Atlanta, like y'all, what did you ride a horse to school? I'm like, no, <laughs> 
we had the fucking Olympics. We didn't do a good job with the Olympics, but we had the Olympics. Like, do people not realize this is a major city? Atlanta's this is like awesome. ludicrous, Usher. Like, there's few people from there. I'm sorry, history icons. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully you can reschedule it. I mean, I was supposed to be on tour this week and we've had to push everything back to August and it's just been a nightmare trying to reschedule. And listen, everybody's in this together. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like once we get out of this, hopefully we'll still have jobs in the sense that people are still going to want to be entertained. Like, I feel like we're going to break out of our cages and be like, I got to talk about this and have a moment and be around people who've experienced this with me. And we got to giggle. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. I, 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 I think people think that like entertainment based things go by the wayside, but I would argue that people prioritize, uh, joy, like people put their money toward things that actually make them happy. And like, I just think being in any crowd of any kind is going to be such a, like, I want to go to anything experiential following this. That's where I would put my money. I'd travel and I'd be around people. Oh yeah. And then I want to go to one of those, like, um, (laughs) You know, when they have those like funky restaurants where it's in the dark and you have to go underground and then like, you know, and it's all about sensory awareness. Like, I want to get weird. I actually read a thing on Reddit this morning that said, you know, on a positive note, I get to quit watching the news because I don't know about you. I love Katie Couric, but her little, you know, meme updates about how everyone's dying. I said, listen, I'm doing my part in staying home. I'm supporting my friends. I'm checking in on people. I know people who have been sick. I know people who have had it. I'm doing my part to help in the way that I know how. But I also, in order to keep my sanity and to do my job to entertain people and take people's mind off things, I had to quit following Katie Couric. I was like, these updates are (laughs) killing me. But I did read something on Reddit today that said, you know, in a time, after times of pandemic, they said like after the flu, after the Great Depression, after all these things, it's people live a very hedonistic lifestyle because people want to get out and they're like, fuck Mm. it, life is short, let's do it. So they're like, people get really crazy, really experimental, like you said. And, um, and that's when, you know, it'll be like a cup, six months of real tough. And then people are like, let's fucking party, you know? I'm looking forward to that. Like, I'm not a person who would ever go to a music festival. Like, I don't really, like, I don't go to Coachella and stuff, even though I'm like, I'm interested in it. But like, cause I just think the people, I don't know. I just don't know if I'd like love the vibe of like the people who are there to like take pictures, pop Molly, just like, you know, wear some tie dye. But now I'm kind of like, I'll go anywhere. I'll just like, I just want to feel alive. Yeah. I mean, I I hear you on that, but it's funny. I've never been to Coachella and all my friends like, have you never been to Coachella? I'm like, cause I would be there with a sensible sneaker on a fanny pack with wet wipes. You know, I'm very maternal. So I would go full theme park. Yeah. Oh, I would look like a tourist at Disney World. I would never be in like a thong and a mesh top rolling drugs. I'm like, who needs a hydration stick? Are we all okay? You know? Because if I were you, you could get like, you could get invited to like the Revolve House if you wanted. Like you could really have some like FU promo going on at Coachella. No one at Revolve knows me. I have tried to order off Revolve. It does not fit me. They're large is like a Asian baby extra small. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, nobody at Revolve has been like, let's invite her and ask her to wear her outfits from old Navy because that's the only thing that fits her right now. Please. I love it. I love that you're like, think so highly of me though. No, I, if I were you, the world would be my oyster. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I feel like with the shows and stuff, what's kind of making me laugh, like the rescheduling, because I'm kind of newer to like doing the live show scene. 
people will come to me and be like, okay, we have like November 26 open. And I'm like, that's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we don't know like when this is over. So it's kind of an interesting, um, I'm keeping shit stuff for July. How far out have you canceled or rescheduled? Well, the, in- the interesting thing is, cause we deal with like really uh, like big promoters that, cause I'm in the theater space right now. A lot of these theaters will not even allow you to book space until uh... August. Listen, my, this whole year is such a shit show. I'm supposed to be at my wedding in Italy in September. And I have no idea. Nice. I have, yeah. You know, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. I also, now that I had to push back all my shows, which, you know, that's my job that comes first. Um, yeah. you know, they gave me basically like a month of like the middle of September to like the middle of October. I'm like, Jeff, we're probably not gonna be able to do a honeymoon. I'm probably gonna have to come back right after the wedding. Like we have no idea what's going on. So I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants and like, yeah. rolling punches. what else can you do? I mean, the thing is, right. it's not like, it's not un you can fly to Italy, snooze, get married at the time of your life. Come on back. It's no big deal. Like you have right. a great planner and you've been there a million times. And like, I think Italy's on the up and up as of now as long as I checked. I don't know. I only know because of Chiara Faragni. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I know I follow her and I'm just like, she's obviously the wealthiest, most beautiful person in Italy. Got like it. what's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my family lives in Italy and my cousin's a nurse. So I, it's been a little rough, like talking to her because she's, you know, on the front line. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of um, very and Italians are very realistic, very passionate. You know, you get the the up to date. It's like Katie Curry. You get the up to date moments, but you're like, OK, well, is there anything positive? Like, how was the ravioli today? I need to hear something positive. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. But, but you know what? Can I be honest with you? I mean, I don't know. I'm in this weird position because obviously we didn't even, we sent out our say the dates, but we didn't send out our invitations yet. Cause they were supposed to come out like in March. Now I'm like, is it rude of me to ask people to afford and also to take off the time to go to Italy for my wedding? You know, now that nobody's been at work, I don't know what the call is there. You know? No, that's a fair point. And like, I definitely felt that way for anybody on the line that I got married in Italy too. And what I I think that you have to remember the concept of like free will, right? Like, right. As long as you make it so clear that you will not care, like you love if you were there, but you understand, like you you knew going into this picking this that it's it's cost prohibit cost and time prohibitive. Yeah. Um, but I kind of that's what's so great is I think that the, at this point in life, it's not like you're 23 and you're obligated to be a bridesmaid in some wedding you don't want to go to everyone that came to mind, like wanted to be there, wanted a vacation, wanted the trip and like right. was in it. And I like loved it because nobody was like begrudgingly there. You can't like half-ass a trip to Italy. You go or you don't. And well, like, I just our- thought we had the best crew because people were so excited to be on a vacation. And after this, that's what people want. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. And, and originally I was a little nervous asking people to go that far, but then I was like, fuck it. People have asked me to literally go to the ends of the earth for their weddings. And Jeff and I are, you know, getting married in our thirties. And we're one of the last couples out of like our major group of friends. Most people are married with kids now. So all my friends with kids are like, Oh, I got to get out of this house. They're like, on yes. my back packed there by the door. We have like upgraded our tickets to first class. We don't care if this is the last trip we ever take on earth. Like we are ready. But then I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be interesting when we do come out of this, you know, I just, as an entertainer, for me, my job, like, I don't even care if I enjoy the day. It's all about whether or not everybody else is having fun. Cause that's just truly like, <laughs> that's the, that's the cross that I bear. Um, as an entertainer. 
But it, I, I Jeff and I did have that moment the I other day. I was like, should we, should we just do like a backyard wedding? I was like, I don't know if we should, if, if anybody's going to be able to take the time off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a doozy. So I'm getting bombarded left and right from everybody. Like, is a wedding still on? I'm like, it's still on, but I'll let you know when our vendors in Italy can call us back. You know, I just want people to be healthy and happy and safe. Totally. And I think uh, if I were you, I'd just be like, Jeff and I, and anybody who feels like can afford to, has the time to, who, right. who can come, can come and we'd love to have you. And we did a, like a backyard, like huge, um, like, you know, barbecue fun thing in Michigan with like his extended family that didn't come. And we kind of had like right. two parties and they were both fun. And it was a great excuse to do it twice and to celebrate the thing you only get to celebrate once. Um, and I just kind of like, I would have gotten married there if four people were there and still had a great time. And I'm sure right. you feel the same way. And like, it just, I, I think to preemptively cancel without knowing how you'll feel and be in that situation, you'd be like bummed. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad. I've had so many brides reach out, reach out to me that have said, you know, that had weddings oh my during, God. during this. And a lot of them are pushing it back to the next year. And I just, I mean, obviously weddings that whatever we're, we just need our help. I mean, truly, but it's those I little know. things where you're like, you've been preparing for this. And you're like, shit, I cannot believe to have to cancel a wedding during a pandemic. Oh my God. I wasn't right before. So I'm chill. I'm pretty chill. You have been chill. I, I feel like the the brides now, I I was saying on like in my Facebook group, I feel worse for you because not only are you so stressed, disappointed and having to postpone, you're also being trivialized and you're not allowed to complain about it because yeah. there's health at stake. Right. When brides are given full license to be like complain and like have a, a moment otherwise, but now it's like, well, at least you're healthy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also it blows to reschedule your wedding. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, it was also like investing in a house, you know. Um, that's the money I put down. But right, right. Wait, how yeah. many times have you been a bridesmaid? Um, uh, right, ten. Yeah, yeah, same. I got married in when I after thirty two, and I'm just like, I'm. I think I'm at the end of that stage of my life. Are you in in any weddings coming up? No, everybody is pretty much locked up. I'm, I think we might have a couple divorces on the horizon, which is super fun. And I like to stir the pot a little bit. Um, saw those coming a while ago. So I'll probably be in some second weddings later on down the road. But right now I'm the last one, you know, put all my eggs in one basket. And Jeff and I have been together the longest. We've been together 10 years. And we kind of said, you know, it was funny. Everyone gave us such shit. And I was like, he's finishing grad school. I'm helping my mom after my dad died. Like, why is all there this pressure to get married right now? I was like, we've been together. He's not going anywhere. I'm not worried. <laughs> you know, I was right. like, let's wait and do it till everybody else's weddings are out of the way. And then we can really enjoy it for ourselves. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, the like you, you guys moved away or like you lived in another place. I feel like that's a big thing, right? Is like, you kind of um, make decisions based on other people's milestones based on like your reference group you're around. Right. And like, I went to New York after school and like my friends in New York still aren't married. It's great. Like it, right. it's just not a place that pressures you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody in New York's like, you could be 57 and just still have a roommate. Nobody cares. You know, I, like we were kind of the last of our group too, but I did like a podcast two months ago where people sent in their um, like bridesmaid horror stories and so many people from the South had like the craziest stories. And I'm, I'm from Virginia, but not like the deep South. And there was right. people being like, there is this thing, what's it called? It's like, you're, you're basically like the, like junior varsity. You're like the B team. You're like, 
you didn't quite make a bridesmaid. Oh, yes. You're not a bridesmaid. You're a, it's something like, um, you're house party. Yes. Yes. I was like, that is some bullshit. I want to be, I want to make the team or I don't. Right. 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 Have you I ever mean, been in a house party? No, because I've been in weddings where there've been 25 bridesmaids. You know what I mean? Where you have sorority yes. sisters who are like, so the, our entire pledge class, I'm like, it's 120 <laughs> girls. Um, uh, no, everybody's been pretty chill. Um, and, and being very inclusive in the weddings I've been in, but I'm kind of at the stage where I didn't even want to ask my friends to be bridesmaids. Cause I feel like they're all like, we fucking did this 10 times. I so know. I asked my three best girlfriends from high school and then, um, my two best gay guy friends. And then my girlfriends from college, I'm having them like do things in the wedding. I'm like, I'll buy you guys a dress. Y'all can wear the dress. I just didn't want y'all to feel obligated to like walk down an aisle and do that. Like I was literally like, maybe Jeff and I don't even do a wedding party because I just didn't want people, I'm like, they're coming to Italy. They probably want to lay by the pool all day. They don't want to be stuck in a room getting their makeup done doing this shit. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, I was like, I, if you want to do it, great. But if you don't, I won't be upset. I know. Because when you become a bride, all of a sudden you're like, it is a little weird that you're like, let's all celebrate in this joyous occasion and make it mandatory. Right. You know, it's like a little bit loses something there. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we'll see, you know, I'm just kind of rolling with the bunches, but I'm, you know, it feels so weird. I've, I've in the last yeah. year, I've just been on the road and, and grinding and hustling and doing all the shit, you know, it, it kind of like things popped off and it was so exciting. And I kind of had to strike while the iron's hot, which is, I feel so grateful for a turn in the career. Cause it was a little dark there for years, but now I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this idle time. I'm like, what do you mean? I, I know. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? We we're all going to take a nap. Like I haven't turned it off, if you will, for the last year. So for me to have sit around and try and like twiddle my thumbs, you know, staring at a bush outside my mom's yard, I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself, <laughs> you know? Same. I, I'm not relaxed. Like I, I can't, I like, don't want to watch TV. I don't, cause I don't want to zone out. Like I want right. to zone out when I've been working hard and I like need to like cool off. But when I'm sitting all day, it's like, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like that's, what's making me crazy is like so much relaxation, but without a buildup to require the relaxation. <laughs> 100%. I completely understand that feeling. Like yesterday I kind of was bebopping around and I wore sweatpants and I was, I, it was like, I was in workout mode. Like I was running errands, but I was just kind of like cleaning half ass cleaning out a drawer and then I'd leave it. And then I, you know, like my ADD got the best of me. And then five one drawer. Hit, yeah. One drawer. Five o'clock hit. I started pounding booze. Cause I was just like panic. I was like, what, what day is it? Where am I? What have I accomplished? Nothing. You know, I just felt like a loser. Oh, uh, totally. And I think in like a line of work that is totally contingent on you doing stuff, like there's no boss, right. there's no one else to do it. If I'm, it's like, yeah, it's a different type of stress that people think might be better than like a normal job. Like, and I know I'm not like, you know, in the no mind, right. no complaining, uh, but yeah, it's a little bit weird. I mean, I'm sure like, I just poured myself a, a box. Like this is a box of wine I have at my desk. Like I yeah. just poured from, like, I'm just, you know, I'm just podcasting, drinking, uh, trying to make the best of things. I love that. But, I'm, I'm chugging my, my water, ice water out of the mason jar. And then I'm going to hit the wine in like an hour. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Well, you had a lot of the angel at Passover. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a lot of the whispering angel at Passover. But more importantly, you, you're, you're a mother, you're a new mother. That's a big, that you took on a big job amidst the quarantine. 
So we got a puppy, an adorable French bulldog, Rigatoni Cannoli Gandolfini, named after, (laughs) obviously, my favorite pasta, my favorite dessert, and James Gandolfini, rest in peace, Mm -hmm. Tony Soprano. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He's great. We've been trying to adopt a dog forever, and and then we got this little guy, and he's perfect. But, you know, we got a really tiny little six-week-old puppy, and everyone's like, Heather, you sure going to do this? I'm like, this is the best time to train a puppy Mm. when I'm not, when when I have the time. I'm like, we could be in this for another three months. Who the hell knows? At least I'm, you know, getting the, the sleepless nights out of the way now before I have to really go out there and pound the pavement again, you know? No, I you're so smart to coordinate that because it's like twofold. Like you need to be there because the puppy's needy, but also it's so it's the cutest time that like actually does right. escape you. And it's like so I, I'm kind of annoyed with myself for how annoyed I was in the puppy phase. Cause I was trying to like work and live and I was just right. like, oh my God, you're helpless. I wasn't used to taking care of something. But right. now I look at pictures and I'm like, holy shit, that like, it was just, I mean, you're done. It's a little like tater tot of a, it's just like so cute. I, I will say I had a moment yesterday where I got next to his bed and I just put his like snout to my mouth and we were oh. just breathing together, like symbiotic <laughs> breathing. And I've been doing a lot of like skin on skin and my fiance just like, are you good? I'm like, no, I'm zenning out. This is my meditation. This is my calm app, if you will, just right. inhaling the puppy breath and really soaking that in. I love puppy breath. It's the best. It's the best. This, his breath is a little like, a little bit like warm focaccia that just came out of the oven with like a f- bag of Fritos, you know, a little crispy, a little crunchy. Ooh, yeah. The Fritos is a good, uh, call it's there's a lot of times like bodily smells do you have like a corn undertone yes <laughs> yeah. like, uh but i always think puppy smell a little like wood chips oh okay yeah uh, little mulch. you know like pet pet store hamstery mold like yeah. almost like cage mulch and I, maybe that's because i've been in one too many pet stores but i think that's it's earthy it's definitely earthy <laughs> yeah it's earthy I have, a, I have a question for you how yeah. was um how did you find touring like, what was your takeaway? How were your shows? What what was the vibe? So it's funny. Like, I, I'm a person that's kind of like my career's evolved. Like, I've just taken it as it's come. And uh, like, I was in a corporate job five years ago, painted some doormats, started a podcast, read, like did a book. I like, I'm like, I just try things, see what sticks. And then I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Right. And then when I started a podcast and it did well, and then I, I was like, I'll do one show. And then when I did it, I was like, the, the, it was the best thing ever because it right. brought it to life. I'm sitting here talking to a mic alone. I never seen anybody laugh at a joke. I didn't know people cared about me. I didn't know this was a thing because when you're doing it remotely, you don't see what it is to people. Right. And I, I honestly, I absolutely loved it. So I did like four more and then had a, some like scheduled throughout the year. And um, I think for me, like, I don't know. It, it's like, I used to love like giving presentations and like I give these like PowerPoints in my corporate job. I did a lot of public speaking and shit. And like, I never really associated it with like performing because I just public spoke. Right. But then once I did it, I was like, oh, like I love this. And a lot of people don't. It's not for a lot of people, but like I get so much energy from it that I I, like started to live off of once I started and I didn't really want to stop. I mean, it's addicting. You know, I've been performing for years and and it's been interesting, you know, I kind I, I came from the club scene and then I essentially 
picked up my life and moved home after my dad passed. And then I, I was in this like weird bubble in Atlanta where I was doing things and I, and I started putting things up on Instagram. So the interesting thing for me was when I was going to my shows, a lot of people didn't realize, oh, she's been a performer for 12 years. You know, I think on Instagram, right. people think, oh, you're just doing Instagram you're things. You're like an overnight. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, 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 bitch. I've been doing comedy for 15 fucking years. So it was interesting when I was going out to my shows to, to kind of see how that audience engaged, like exactly what you're saying, for that all to click. Because when you're used to coming from smaller comedy clubs and then you're doing these theaters, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I know that people tune in every day, but this is a wild response. Then I, there was a little bit of a learning curve where I had to tell people, like, you're at a comedy show. We're not sitting. You're not in your basement with no pants on, chugging wine. You know what I mean? Like, listening to my podcast or watching my Instagram. Like, this is a live show. So let's rein it in, ladies. <laughs> you know? But once you get yeah. that thrill, it's just you can't go you can't go back, you know? Well, and it's funny. I've seen so many people live. And, and, I, and like, uh, you know Ashley and Rain. That girl's got to eat. Oh, my girls. Um, love them. I love them. And they're good friends of mine. And at their shows, they always call people out in the audience. They're like, shut yeah. up, shut up. And yeah. I was always, I, and I was always like, I love them for it. And then until I got on stage, I didn't realize it is so distracting when yeah. people are talking, when phones go off, when they're heck. And, and now I get why you kind of have to be like, Hey, or else yeah. like it really, you pay it. It really gets in your head. And that, I think I like, you just don't learn a lot of small things like that till you're on the other end and you realize like the zone you kind of need to be in. Uh, well, also my, my thing that I learned was, well, okay, let me backtrack. When you're on stage, you can hear everything. If somebody drops their drink on yes. the 60th row, I hear it. And, and for me, I would, um, my thing started to become about safety because people were really drinking hard at the show. So I'm like, I want everybody yeah. to have a good time. But there were some instances where, and I talked to Ashley and Rain about this, like where they were like, guys, we're not being safe. Like I don't go out on a Tuesday night to a show and black out so hard. I've shit my pants in a theater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I uh -huh. got to Oh, girl, that happened in Tampa. That happened in Charleston. We had somebody just poop their pants and leave them. Oh, yeah, girl. It was getting wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, what does, a per what does a person do who shits their pants? You just... She pooped. She pooped her pants and left them in the bathroom and disappeared. Nobody know nobody saw how she left, but it, there was a trail. It was a whole thing. So I was joking with them, but you know... It's just, oh, my God. I know. I know. My, yeah, it was bad. I just said, I want, I worry about the safety. Like I want to make sure that everybody who's paying money comes to the show, has a great time, mm -hmm. is engaged, gets their money's worth. But I can't do my job. if the girl in the third row is vomiting. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. Come on, let's hold it together. That is like a funny byproduct of like, like, cause yeah, I've seen you story and be like, guys, keep it together. Like, just don't, yeah. it, you're not, this isn't taking me out to the ball game. You don't need to throw your peanut shells on the ground. Yeah. Like, it, cause it gets messy. And, um, but like, yeah, it's kind of a fine line of like, you want to have that energy and for people to have fun. But like, when does it go? Yeah. When does it go too far? And well, like, some impede dumb on your job. Some dumb bitch. And I'll just say it. This woman sent me a message. Was like, I feel like you're complaining about your fans. I said, I'm never complaining. If my name's on a marquee somewhere and, and people come to the show and somebody gets injured or, you know, gets so intoxicated, they, they hurt themselves. I don't, you know, I want everybody when they come to a Heather McMahon show to feel safe, to feel seen and to have a good time. Right. But if you're coming to the show, disrupting, vomiting, hurting yourself, uh-uh, see you later, bitch. You out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's why people here. respect you. Right. Yes. I, made, I made an analogy once. I was like, if you worked at T-Mobile 
And I walked into T-Mobile and I started, and I came in wasted, started slurring my words, shit all over the floor. You kick me out of T-Mobile. That's how that works, Claire, you know? <laughs> I shit all over the floor at T-Mobile. Your service yeah. is garbage. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? I mean, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. And listen, once you perform live, it's so hard to, um, it's just so hard to do anything else. When when you're a performer and you, you're in your zone, it's like an accountant. During tax season, when they're fucking crunching numbers, they get a boner and they're in it, you know? <laughs> My analogy. No, that's a great analogy, as is the T-Mobile one. And uh, I think that, yeah, it's like, well, I was also laughing because you you were like, you somebody to meet and greet. Like, I got this moon pie shirt out of meet and greet. Like, I love meet and greet yeah. gifts. Somebody, you let somebody um, puncture your skin. Didn't somebody give you a shot at meet and greet? Okay. So I am, I am so trusting and loving this wonderful woman came to one, I think my Portland show and I was so tired. We had just done like a long stint and I was literally like running on gas. And this woman had emailed me before and said, I'm a nurse. I can bring you a B12 shot. It'll just kind of keep you healthy and give you energy, you know, through your, the end of your tour. She showed up, she was wasted at the meet and greet. And she was like, I got the, the B12 shot in my purse. You want it? I didn't even think twice. I literally was like in the zone. I go, yeah, sure. She's got a white claw in one hand, hits me with the B12 shot in the other hand. If the needle was clean, everything was fine. But my buddy, Chris, who's my producer on the road, was like, what What did I just witness? He was like, that could have been black tar heroin. Of course it was not. It was fine. But I did have one of those moments where I was like, maybe I'm being a little too trusting. Maybe I need to rein it in just a touch. Right. Because I, yeah, I mean, you, well, it's a thing too of like, I think you, not that you don't realize it, but like you know, I think you have a level of like, it's hard to be like, I have fans. Like I, you have like fans who like are, who don't know you personally, who are like very into you and you kind of want to be like everyone's best friend, but then it kind of, yeah, there's a place where you have to be like, yeah, maybe we won't like share a beverage. Maybe we won't like lacerate skin. Like you kind of have to like figure out where your boundaries. I will say though, the amount of drugs that people have offered me is pretty great. I'm like, y'all are really giving and caring. And I just feel like we're passing it around and I appreciate it. And then they always get upset when I have to turn it down. But I say like, guys, I have to get on a flight at 6 a.m. I can't be like, you know, coming right. in with bag, hot bags of like cocaine. <laughs> I don't even do drugs. I'm like, but thank you right. so much for that offer. The whole point of drugs is you want to seem cool enough to be offered, but not actually do them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's my goal. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Uh, Heather, thank you for coming on my podcast. I wanted to boost the morale of uh, listeners. It's been, you know, it's been a time and uh, you always are such a source of uh, joy and humor. And uh, we love following your quarantine journey. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. And to all your listeners, I will see you guys out at the shows and you know what, we're mm-hmm. going to get through this together and giggle and find a moment in your day to, to find some joy because us all panicking is not helping anybody. You know what I mean? It's not no. And if you need some joy, come go look at your stories for uh, your potato of a dog. Cause he's really cute. <laughs> Rigatoni is here. He loves you. So hit, hit that bless. follow button. <laughs> we love you. Thanks Heather. Anytime girl. I hope you guys enjoyed catching up with one of your faves. I know I did. I will. I think be on her podcast. I don't know when I think people are recording different episodes at different times, but I don't know. I just thought I'd drop this, not even label it and just <laughs> surprise you with the breezy convo. It's fun to catch up with her, see where she's at, if she's moving, what her wedding 
you know, what the deal with her wedding is, etc. I just love her. Um, and I hope everybody's hanging in there. I am in the process of making a list of what you guys told me um, are good ideas for like volunteering virtually during this time, because like there's so many ways you can give money, but a lot of people, myself included, when you're kind of in like a weird economic time, it's like I would normally go like volunteer or prioritize time over money, but it doesn't mean we can't do that virtually. And there's so many opportunities to lend your skill sets to organizations because when um, economic times are tough, especially for nonprofits, the marketing budgets go first. And if you have graphic design skills, marketing skills, communication skills, uh, PR, you know, really anything, um, there are so many opportunities in terms of how you can help and uh, lend your expertise. And there's a few good websites I'll tell you about now. Um, there's 70,000 uh, jobs available of nonprofits and organizations that need help on virtualmatch.com, points of light. Dot com is an outstanding resource too for virtual jobs, as is do something.org. Uh, I also asked you guys, like, there's a bunch of need, there's a lot of need for like remote translating services, pen pal programs for nursing homes, helping vision impaired people over FaceTime, tutoring kids, transitioning to virtual schools. Um, there's all these jobs on those sites that uh, are really helpful during this time that people might be overlooking in favor of more obvious COVID 19 related activities. Um, so make sure to take a look. If you are healthy and can and are eligible, there's a huge, huge need for people to donate blood. So look that up in your area. You can go to the Red Cross's website and type in your zip code and see where you go. If you're a COVID-19 patient and uh, you have fully recovered, your plasma is invaluable to people that are trying to battle coronavirus that are immunocompromised. And I only know this because I asked my friend who's a doctor, Duke, I was like, can you tell me what to tell the people? And she said, give blood and the plasma of recovered patients is are two huge, huge areas you can help. Um, and, you know, of course, foster an animal, leave toilet paper, water bottles, et cetera, for your male person for waste management. You can volunteer at crisis text lines. Um, you can make no so masks and leave them for people. You can actually figure out how to sew a mask um i am working on it uh i posted a video if my first I, I i was struggling over the weekend but i think i'm about to hit my stride um via united way you can send e-cards to senior citizens meals on wheels uh there's a, a program in new york called it's d-o-r-o-t and you can there's a senior calling program where you talk to the same person twice a week at a nursing home I'm working on this list so I can put it on my website and post it in the Facebook group and on Insta too, so people know how to help. Just trying to confirm a few things with people. And um, yeah, I hope we can all, you know, not if not our money, at least donate our time. And if you aren't feeling like trying out a new hobby or something, that like totally fine. But it's, I don't know, I just love the thought of like making somebody's day. Can you imagine being in like an nursing home or hospice and just you can't see family i mean it like it tortures me and i just have been thinking a lot about um elderly people and uh especially doing like the signs episode and like i don't know it just i think that's like an important thing to do is to keep them company if you can um and yeah so anyway stay tuned i love you so much don't forget to support skillshare.com slash be there in five patreon.com slash be there in five for bonus content 
Kelly and I will be doing a virtual happy hour with Patreon people this weekend. I will send out the link for patreon.com slash be there in five and um, rate and review five stars. If you like this episode, please share it on Insta stories. It's the only way it ever grows or gets out there. Um, and I so appreciate your patience uh, since we couldn't record this till today. So this came out a day late. But anyway, love you so much. I hope all is well. Take good care of yourself. And I will talk to you soon. As always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Do you think you could buy me a bottle of rose? Okay, let's get it now. I'm with a bad bitch. He's with his friends. I don't say hi, I say keys to the bins. Keys to the bins, keys to the bins. Muff, muff, I got B to the 10. If a bitch try to get cute, I'm a snuffer. That will let her money out of done, y'all fucker, fucker, fucker.